Today's going to be a little bit different. Hope y'all don't mind different occasionally. Do you mind different every now and then? As long as it involves me, right? Amen? That's a joke. Come on now. Y'all got to laugh. Thank you. Give it up for Ken and Stephen. Amen? Those men can carry a table. That is incredible. Man, just incredible. The primary text we're going to be looking at today is uh, Ephesians chapter 4. So go there. We'll, I'll refer to it on and off through the whole message. We'll try to get to reflecting for you right quick. If this will work, we're going to be in business. If it's not, you're going to see a terrified pastor this morning. Is it working? Come on now. Okay, wonderful. Hit play. All right, there we go. The ministry pillars of Parkway. Um, as you know, I've been here for uh, four years this past March, coming up on another, this next March will be five years. And one of the things that, um, that every pastor inherits when they come to a new, to a new church um, is, the, is the service structure uh, in the church here. Who knows what it's called here at Parkway? That's scary. None of y'all know what it's called here at Parkway. Team Ministries. Say that together. Team Ministries. Okay. And one of the challenges when we came together, of course, Colton's been here the longest, so he kind of had his finger on the heartbeat uh, of this from the very beginning, was that we needed some, some clarification and some refinement in the structure. The structure was working, was working okay. It was just really large. And so we wanted to try to make it a little bit more manageable, uh, try, to, try to define it a little bit more clearly. Uh, if you remember, those of you that have been here since I've been here, we did a spiritual gifts inventory uh, for, several, for uh, several months on Wednesday nights uh, to try to help you understand what your spiritual gifts were. Didn't do a terrific job on following up with that, but we're hoping to do that again in the very near future. It's just really hard to, to manage a spiritual gift inventory for, you know, for over 100 people. But anyway, so that, I, I tell you all that. Uh, to bring you to where we are today. And we have spent hours, when I say we, I mean your staff, we have spent hours um, in, in staff meetings uh, talking about what, we're gonna, what I'm going to give to you this morning. And the reason why I'm giving this to you this morning is for those of you that are members of Parkway Baptist Church, in the very near future, what will begin to happen at this church in about a month and a half? There will be a group of people called the nominating committee, and what will they begin to do? Call and beg and plead, right? To try to get you to step up to help us do the ministry of the church. Well, our goal in today, or my goal in this today, and our goal as a staff is to try to clarify that to help you hone in and kind of target it a little bit better on where you would like to serve in the Church of Jesus Christ here at Parkway Baptist Church. So, hence, the ministry pillars of Parkway. Uh, this was birthed out of, ooh, I don't know, Colton, what, four or five staff meetings or maybe more than that. If you, if, you, if you figured hours, probably 10 to 14, 20 hours, somewhere in there. Because we didn't want to, we, we, at our church, we try to respect the decisions that have been made in the past that were God-glorifying to build on that foundation to go into the future. So we didn't want to completely wipe out the structure because a lot of the structure was really good. But we wanted to improve on the structure, and so that's what we have in these pillars. Now, who has noticed the pillars the past couple weeks in the church? Raise your hand if you've noticed. Now, in the future, just come ask me, okay, what are the pillars for, Brother Shelby? Amen? Because one person asked me. I was so disappointed. I brought the pillars. I said, I'm, we're going to have a flood of people asking me about these pillars. And nobody asked. Nobody. Well, there was one person. One person asked. 
but he asked about everything. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, all right, so the ministry pillars of Farkway. So for the, the way I wanted to start this morning is I want to I remind you, because I figured we would have, we'd have guests here this morning, and it's very important that we, that we understand what our vision statement is. Now, this was something that was also birthed out of uh, some staff meetings and some discussions within the first six months to a year I was here. Uh, we took a retreat to the Fleming Barn. It just seems like the divine just come down upon that barn, amen? And we, we were there, and we met, and we prayed, and then we, we came up with this statement that I believe is God-honoring and that I believe it would really work for any church, honestly, because it's straight out of the Scripture. And, and I'm one of these guys that believes that the vision of each church shouldn't be that much different because we're all using the same what? Bible. Yeah, Bible. So, I mean, God's missional mandate is the same for the church of Jesus Christ. Now, now that church may have different strengths in different areas that may manifest, but overall, our job is to take the gospel where? Everywhere, everywhere, okay? So, so here's, our, here's our vision statement. We are driven, transformed, and sent. You see we got a new logo and we've got shirts. Most staff have shirts now that, that basically say that, okay? So number one, we're, we're driven. Okay, this is scary. Why isn't that coming out? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. What am I doing wrong? It's not working. Oh, oh, that, oh, that was great. You told me to tap the screen. Let's try it again. Now I lost, now I lost the, I lost the mirror. My God, I knew this was going to happen. I'm trying to be technologically savvy and it collapses in front of the entire conversation. Entire, I said conversation. See, I'm so nervous. Congregation. Okay. So we are driven... <laughs> This is going to be a great day. Are y'all feeling it? This is going to be a great day. All right. So we are <laughs> driven by the word of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. We are driven. Say that with me. We are driven by the word of God. Proof text. We say that a lot in theological circles. Proof text means that we're trying to do what? Prove what we're saying by evidence in the scripture. Okay. So there's your scripture. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we're driven by the word of God. That means that the basis of everything we do is what? The word of God. The word is our foundation and starting point for the decisions we make and the ministries we form. Everything we do, driven by the word. Number two, transformed by the what? Spirit. Or by the who? The Spirit of God. Exactly. Transformed by the Spirit. Here's your proof text for that. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You see that temple imagery he's given you? He's given you like the animal being brought to be sacrificed at the temple. He's saying that we are living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we're driven by the word of God, which means we go to the text for everything that we're trying to do in our life, right? Ministries in the church. Like uh, Colton said, we need to turn to our neighbor and say what? You need Jesus? My spouse tells me that pretty much every day. Amen? 
she is the transforming, transforming power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can assure you in many different ways, as is your spouse probably is too. So we are transformed by the Spirit of God. This, this, this testing, making decisions, making mistakes. When we fall and we sin, the Word of God comes, Spirit of God comes and convicts us and so forth. So this whole process is, is called being transformed. Oh, it kicked me off again. Oh, this is all Nathan's fault. I'm blaming him <laughs> for everything just because I can. Okay, transformed by the Spirit of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. The miraculous, this is the miraculous process of what? Sanctification. Sanctification. We read the Word of God. We obey the Word of God. And through the power of the Spirit, the Lord slowly or quickly shapes us into His image as we become more and more like Christ. How many of you are, are sensing that going on in your life? Can I get a witness? Okay, if you're not just... Come to church more and hang out with your staff more, and we can help you feel that process a lot more deeply, okay? Sent, so driven, transformed, sent by who? The Son of God, Jesus, to make disciples of all nations. That's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You've known the Great Commission. If you're a Christian, you've known this passage for your, your whole life. He came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that is, as we read the Word of God, and we are convicted and sanctified by His Spirit, we are or should be compelled by Him to enter into his missional mandate, which expands from our Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So that's what Parkway Baptist Church is all about. We're all about God. We're all about his word. We're all about Jesus. We're about taking the gospel to all nations. That's what this church is about. Can you amen that? Amen. It's not about making a name for myself or making a name for any staff member's name. Nothing like that. We are all about Jesus. If you go out into the community and talk about Parkway Baptist Church, don't talk about how great your pastors are. Talk about how great who is? Jesus. Because that's, we're all about him. I can't change anybody's life. I can be nice to you. I can pray for you. I can walk alongside you. I can maybe make you feel a little better from time to time. But the only person that can really change your life is who? Jesus Christ. So that's who needs to be on your lips when you're talking to people about this church. So what is a pillar and why, why have, do we believe God has led us to this structure? Well, a pillar, and that's the Greek word, stulos, is an upright shaft, as you see these, these, uh, these cardboard replicas of, of the larger real pillars, is an upright shaft or structure used as a building support. But it's also, in the scripture, you'll see this in just a minute, it's also used to describe leaders in the church. And that's kind of the... That's kind of the meaning that we, have, that we have applied to it. Galatians 2, 7 through 9, these are Paul's words uh, after he had met the apostles, the other apostles. You remember Paul was converted much differently than, than, than the original 12 were. Uh, Paul came much later. He persecuted the church. Then on the road to Damascus, the resurrected Christ came and, and blinded him. Then he was led to Damascus. And then that's when he was converted and believed in Jesus. So it took Paul a little bit of time to build the confidence of the other apostles. Barnabas was the primary mediator, uh, moderator that brought them together. And this is Paul writing, on the contrary, when they saw that I, Paul, had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, that would be the Jews, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, that would be the, the excuse me, uncircumcised would be Gentiles, circumcised would be Jews. 
For he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And then verse 9, and when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be what? You see that? Now, why, why would Paul refer to James, Cephas, and John as pillars? Because they were the original ones that Christ what? Called to be their apostles. So they were kind of like the default leaders of the apostles. Now, most, most people will point to Peter, and I do believe that's correct because we know the sermon at Pentecost, and he denied Jesus, and then Jesus reinstated him, and that's why I think he stands out in our minds. But these three were the inner circle of Christ throughout all the Gospels. They would be the three that Jesus would call and, and teach them certain things and let them witness certain miracles so they could testify about him when he was gone. So those three men seemed to be pillars, Paul said, perceived the grace that was given to me. They gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So that's one testimony to it. Here's another one. Revelation 3.12 to the church in Philadelphia. Christ, the resurrected Jesus, says these words. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. That sounds pretty important, does it not? Sounds pretty important. Who here wants to be a pillar in the temple of your God? Raise your hand. Higher. Raise your hand higher. There you go. Okay. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that's what, that's what pillars are. Now, what do, what do pillars do? Okay, what do they do? It's important to know what it is, and it's important to know what they do. Well, it's an upright shaft of structure used as building support, also described leaders in the church. Ephesians 4, here's what they do, 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to do what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. If there is one thing that we have missed, all eyes on me, pay attention to what I'm about to say, because we have missed this. I am living proof. My, uh, my, 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 my wife and my walk with Jesus in the churches that we have served, we have experienced this firsthand, okay? Ministers are not called and paid to do all the ministry. But that is exactly how the church is today. The mentality has become, and, and to a certain degree for certain government regulations, it is true, you are the employer and we are the employee. But the details of the pay and the payroll and the taxes is where that should stop, okay? Because we are, our job as called ministers is not to do all the ministry. Now, we do do ministry because I love doing ministry. But our job, first and foremost, as pastors, is to equip you to do ministry. And why would that be? Because we have a worldwide mission mandate, right? Worldwide. Not just, not just Smyrna, not just Rutherford County, but the ends of the earth. Can I, can I do all that? I can't even keep a, keep a projector going for heaven's sake. Can I do all that by myself? Can Colton do all that by himself? Here, Nathan, thank you, brother. Thank you. Okay. 
Can I do that by, none of us can do that by ourselves. So we have to, we have to equip you to do the ministry. So in other words, and I say this just with fear and trembling, consider ourselves pillars, but that's basically what we are because we're fixing to talk about these pillars. But our job as pillars is to turn you into what? Let me, let me help you. Our job as pillars is to turn you into pillars. Now let's say it together. Our job as pillars is to turn you into? Yes. That's our job. And his job is to? Was it falling asleep? Okay. Keep it awake. All right. Let's find this back. Okay. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. The one day I try to do this, gotcha, let's keep it awake. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure the congregation is used to that. <laughs> he said to tap it every now and then to keep it awake. We probably ought to tell all the congregation to tap each other and keep you all awake too. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's try this. There's Galatians, there's Revelation. Okay, there's Ephesians. Okay, so, and he gave it to equip the saints for works of ministry. Just follow along with me. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. All right, so Ephesians 4 says this in a nutshell. I'm just going to give you just some quick bullet points. Number one, equipping and building, okay? Equipping and building. And this, keep this in mind. This is primarily theological, theological knowledge that is given to you raw out of the scripture, Romans 12, that Romans 12, 1 and 2, you get theological knowledge, and then when you go out into your life, whether you are at work, whether you are arguing with your spouse, whether you're arguing with your children, I don't know why I'm using arguing as an example, but no matter what you're doing, you take that theological knowledge that you have been equipped with, and then you apply it to whatever the scenario or the test is that you're involved, okay? So, so don't come to church. Here's the mistake. Don't come to church thinking to yourself, all that theology stuff is for you pastors. That's the enemy whispering that to your conscience. That's not true. We, that, that is what makes us Baptists. Do you, understand, do you understand that? The reason why this church is here is because you as a congregation said, you know what, we, we, we want to vote on the things that we do as a church together in our life. We don't want two or three guys calling all the shots on what we're, where we're going and what we're doing. We want to be a part of this entire thing that we're doing. Can you amen that? Amen. So that's why you have to be equipped. That's why you have to know the Bible. That's why you have to know the Scripture so that you can apply it and if we do that, guess what happens? Paul says we become of one mind because we're all, we've got Christ's mind. And then we're unified to be able to move forward. Did it happen again? I tapped. I tapped two or three times. I tapped two or three times. I will never do this again, ever. Angie is dying over here, man. She is dying. Is it back up again? 
Now it's not connecting at all. I'm trying. Okay, number two, facilitate unity and knowledge. Okay? To facilitate unity, being together, and knowledge. If we all believe the same thing and we're all headed the same direction, uh, chances are we're going to be fine. True or false? True. Okay? And to induce strength and endurance. I don't know about you, but there have been some things that I've gone through in my life since I've been a Christian, that if I did not have the strength of the scriptures and a few passages in my heart and lot in my heart and mind, I, I, I may have given up. But because I had God's spirit and because I had God's word in me, I knew that no matter what I was going through right now, God was going to see me through it somehow. Amen? Somehow. And we as a church have to have that to induce strength and endurance. Uh, the next one, encourage, be encouraged to speak the truth in love and grow up. That's what pillars do. Pillars encourage to speak the truth in love and grow up. How many of you need to grow up a little bit? I do. We all need to grow up a little bit, and that's what pillars do for one another. We grow each other up. Results, the results of all this is, which is what we want, which is the church to do what? To function properly. To, to be mission-minded, to put God first, to put his mission first in our life. And then finally, so Satan can't play trickery with our hearts and heads and turn us what? Yes. yes. That, is his, that is his expertise. Satan's expertise is to go into the church of Jesus Christ and sow dissension and sow lies and sow misinformation to turn us against each other so it just makes everything go south. Would you agree with that? And if you don't, I've got several examples that I can give you that have happened to me in my life. And I'm not going to waste your time with that today because I think we all know what happens. So our pillars of ministry in alphabetical order. Number one, assembly time. So I'm going to walk over here. And grab this pillar. Colton's putting his Bible down because he knows I'm going to need some help. I'm going to try to grab this pillar. Now remember, this is cardboard, so don't think I'm Samson, okay? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is just cardboard, and I'm going to need you in a minute. All right, here's assembly time. Isn't that beautiful? Assembly time. All right, that's number one. The next one is church care. And we, we'll let, uh, where is Ken? Ken, why don't you, let, let's let Ken carry that, that one. Well, go help him. Go help him do it, Ken. He can't carry that heavy thing. All right, here he comes. Good job, Ken. And just set it, you know. Don't drop it, Ken. Just set it gently. There you go. Be sure the pedestal. There you go. Perfect. Give it up for Ken. Ken Dalton, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now, Colton can come get discipleship. So assembly time is activity involved in gatherings at the church building or off-site for ministry purposes. That's assembly time. The second pillar is church care. That's anything involved in providing assistance and organization to the oversight of the congregation. Discipleship, yes, is ministry of the word of God to all people in the church to equip them for works of service to one another and the lost world. And then finally, do we have somebody from the mission team in here today that wants to come carry a pillar? Nobody. Look at all these hands shooting up in the air. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Mission, the mission's pillar 
is the deployment of hands-on ministry inside and outside the church to impact the world for Christ. Beautiful. So here are the four primary areas of service. Now, we do have other committees, and, and I don't have these listed, but I'll tell you what those are in just a second because these are standing committees that, that really never go away. But let's go over these point by point first. Number one, assembly time. Okay, so at assembly time, what do we do? We worship, do we not? And was, was worship wonderful today? Amen. I mean, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I have ever, since I've been at Parkway, I don't know, I've ever walked out of here and thought, you know, that was the worst worship music I've ever, I, I don't think I've ever thought that. I think every time that I walk out of this place, I mean, when Steve was here, I mean, I mean when Mark fills in, I, when Jeremy is filled, every time I have walked out of this congregation on a Sunday, I have always felt, sensed that, that, I, that I have been in the presence of God and that I have worshiped him in spirit and truth. Every, every, every single time. I, I'm just telling you I have. And I'm not just saying that because I love the people that, that, that are up here, but, but, I, but I, really, I really do. I really have. All right, worship production. The guy that came up here and has tried to save me a couple of times. Nathan, where's he? There he is. He's, he's staying close, see, because he thinks he's got to save me again. That, that's AV production. Now, now this, this was something we've had for a couple of years, I think. And all the people back there in the booth, Tim, Landon, y'all wave at everybody back there. All right, there, there you're putting my, is that my daughter? Oh, hey, Mary. Uh, well, mini pillar, how about that? So we'll, we'll do a mini pillar. No, I'm kidding, you're a pillar, darling. I'm just messing with you. Then baptism and Lord's Supper happens at assembly time, right? Baptism and Lord's Supper. How important is baptism and Lord's Supper? Extremely important, right? The ordinance, the two ordinances that Jesus commanded us to do until he returns, baptism and Lord's Supper. Hospitality, we, we, this was first impressions. We changed this to hospitality this year. And since I'm the primary staff member over assembly time, you probably got uh, harassing emails from me over the past year about you serving as a greeter in our, in our foyer out there uh, in, the, in the morning time, right before worship and during Sunday school time. And I want y'all to give it up for our greeters because, I mean, they have done a fantastic job. They, they really have. I mean, I, I fully believe that the reason why we've had the burst in membership we've had uh, this, this first quarter of this year, I think is directly related to the welcome that people get when they come in. So it's just, one, it's just wonderful to see. First responders, who's in charge of that this year? I, Darlene was the last person I knew who was in charge of that, but you're not in charge of that anymore, are you? Okay, I don't, I don't remember who it is. But first responders are in these, right where the, where the look singers are right there. Wave at everybody back there, y'all. That's first responders. So if I have some kind of health issue, they come running and give me mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Amen? So-so, maybe. You're not sure? Okay. I'll, I'll just give you some of Dick Peach's water that's still up there from last week. How about that? That'd be good. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, the usher ministry. And we know what the ushers are. The ushers, you know, for a long time we didn't take up the offering uh, because uh, of COVID and all this kind of stuff. But COVID seems to be like like really gone or I mean I just don't hear about it much anymore so we brought the offering back so the ushers are the primary ones that that manage that for us and there's and there's this is not exhaustive there's other things that happen during assembly time and as time goes on we'll probably expand this but but if you sense that you would like to help us with something with assembly time when nominating committee time comes around please be sure and and put your name in the hat and let us know that you want to help us okay next is church care Church care, and I'm just going to bring these out, benevolence, uh, that, that's everything from, from a church member that needs some form of help to 
people that walk in off the street that need gas or food or prayer or anything. Benevolence covers a wide range um, of, of different ministries. Um, the next one is, uh, sorry about that, the next one is a bereavement. Bereavement, y'all know what that is, right? When somebody passes or has a death in their family. Uh, a lot of times, and I, I don't remember the policy verbatim in my mind right now, but, but most of the time, if it's, an immediate, if it's a church member with an immediate uh, family death, uh, we normally have a meal for their family here, uh, either before or after the funeral, depending on where the funeral is. And so that, that's a real important ministry. I, I know that it has ministered to people since I've been here because they've told me. Uh, I think Linda Crossland's husband uh, passing was the most recent one that we had, and I know their family was ministered to greatly here uh, by, by, the, by the bereavement team. Uh, biblical counseling. This is something that Colton and Joanna uh, Ezer have brought to us over the past uh, many years and uh, have done a great job. And I know that Kelsey recently, you graduated with some kind of something, didn't you? Okay. And so, um, so anyway, some kind of something. It, I'm sorry. I, as you can tell, I'm kind of off the cuff a little bit today, which I'm normally not. So this is a great time. If you want to criticize the message today, this is the perfect day to do it. So feel free. Yeah, right, right. So biblical counseling, and let me tell you, uh, this, is, um, this, this biblical counseling is, is really, it's doing well. Uh, I, I have personally seen them help numerous people since I've been here. They've actually help, helped me some, because uh, I've gotten some counseling, and of course he's right next to my office, so he counsels me every day pretty much, so that's really nice to have him there. Uh, building and grounds, Ken, would you stand up? Not many of y'all clap. Ken, you got some, you got some peacemaking doing this church, brother. Um, Ken, and I'm, Ken is not the only one, obviously, but, but Ken is the one. Eddie Dial, where's he? Where's Eddie at? Eddie, stand up, man. We got to applaud you too, brother. Stand up, stand up, stand up. All right. These two men are pretty much here all the time, but, but anything to do with the building, as you know, chairs have to be moved out and in. Uh, there's all types of things that have to be done. If you think you want to help with the building and grounds, please, please, please talk to them and put your name on there. Who here likes to eat? Raise your hand. Okay. Cuisine team is what we call this now. How do you like that? You like that? I like that. We thought, we thought about Betty Crocker, but cuisine made better sense. So, um, and there was nobody named Betty Crocker in the church. That didn't make any sense. So cuisine team is what that's called. And right now, Sherry Smith is in charge of that. If you like helping with food, please talk to her about that. And again, you're going to hear all this repeatedly. Uh, beginning through this month, July, until we begin to fill all these spots in August and September. I think the final vote on all the teams or the final like preparation of the list is in November, if I'm not mistaken. And then finally, the security team. The security team, as you know, you know, we used to not have to worry about this. Amen? That is just not the world we live in anymore. It's just not the world we live in anymore. No, no, nobody's safe anywhere at any time. Uh, so we have an active security team that, uh, that, that has active meetings. There's an active rotation. Uh, we always have somebody that, that's got our back uh, walking around here making sure we're safe. And we also have the deputy out, out in the lobby. You know about that. So anything out of church care that you're interested in, please keep that in mind. Think about it. Pray about it. All right, next we have discipleship teaching. We don't have to spend a lot of time here. I think most of this stuff is pretty uh, self-explanatory. But your, this, this is your theological training your discipleship and your teaching, your Sunday school teachers, your nursery and preschool volunteers that go in there and make sure our children are ta taught the gospel, children's ministry, student ministry, Clayton primarily oversees those, those top three. And then you have men and women's, my wife, and uh, I think uh, um, Kathy Fleming has, has have, have kind of picked up the slack there. I think y'all have got a couple of events uh, scheduled over the next couple of months. 
I, I'm, I primarily, me and Brian Ferguson, kind of tag team the men's ministry. Uh, we, we, uh, we're going to have another meeting at the fourth Sunday of this month. So if, you're, if, you're, if you haven't been plugging into those, I would encourage you to plug into those. And if you would like to help us manage those, that would be great as well. And then seniors, best seniors group on earth. Amen? Amen. The picnic, the picnic was incredible. And we had two new members just put a whooping on all of our veteran cornhole players. Where's Mark and Brenda Bailey? Where are they? Stand up. Oh, yes. Yes, stand up. Cornhole champions. I never even knew what cornhole was till I came here. I didn't, but I mean, it was great. The picnic was wonderful, and Colton Ezer is, is kind of over the seniors, and then we have Viola, and we have, um, who's the other one, Viola? Uh, Rhonda, Lanham, how could I forget Rhonda? There they are. She, now, you can smile, Rhonda. I remembered your name. You can smile now. Okay, all right. And then finally, missions. We're almost done, y'all. I got several minutes, too. I need to drag this out a little bit more. Um, missions team, helping hands, vacation Bible school, women on mission. Now, this is not all the missions that we do. These are the primary ones that are, that are somewhat organized with events and meetings kind of around them. All of us are on mission 24-7, right? You do know that, right? When you're at the gas pump, when you're at Walmart, I mean, you're, all, you're always on mission, home with the family, always on mission. So our missions team this year is headed up by, headed up by Brandon Strickland. He's actually in kids' church today. Um, in the past, Bill Lunders has helped. Other men, other men and women have helped on the missions team. Uh, helping hands, where's Jim Winchester? Jim, stand up. Give Jim a hand around. Yeah. Now, now this ministry has slowed down a little bit lately, and it's not because of us. It's because the, the primary contact who normally gives us the prospects for some reason. Is that right, Jim? Is that what you told me? Well, just hopefully it's nobody needs a ramp. Okay. Or maybe it's that. Right, right. So anyway, but for months, because I went to several of them when I first came here, uh, they build ramps all over Rutherford County for people that are that have uh, uh, horrible health problems that, that are that are disabled and different things. Incredible, wonderful ministry. Uh, so if you would like to, if you have, I'll tell you the big thing we need is that if you are skilled at taking measurements and drawing plans, and if you're if you're good at drafting, I know that Jim really need really needs some help in that area uh, to train somebody to come into that for helping hands. Vacation Bible School. Yeah, that's coming up real soon. And then Women on Mission in Juan East, you still head that up, is that right? Okay. And they meet once a month, is that right? Okay, once a month, Women on Mission. So all types, all types of, uh, of, great, of great things going on in the missions area and the four pillars of ministry. Then finally, all members are what? Yes, all members are pillars. So when you wake up in the morning time, okay, and you go to that mirror, and you start checking your face, and your eyes meet each other in the mirror, I want your spirit to tell yourself, I am a pillar. Say that with me. I am a pillar in the church of Jesus Christ. Now, if that creates pride, you got a problem, okay? Seriously, that's not pride. That's, that's, that's humble service to know that you, you are a very important part of the church of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 19, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, 
that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Peter gives us one more thing to think about. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, as we close, again, the whole purpose of this time, member or guest, is to know that if you're a guest and you're thinking about joining Parkway Baptist Church, we, we, we need you. We need you to serve. Uh, and I'm not being snarky, but there are some churches that are so big, and God bless that they're there. God bless them. You can join that church, and you can kind of disappear, disappear into the congregation. That's not us. We need you. Can I get an amen? amen? We need you to step up and serve and to, be, and, to be, and to be a serving church member. So again, assembly time, the four pillars, assembly time, church care, discipleship, and missions. Where would you serve? Where will you serve? And there's others that have not been listed that are very important as well. Stewardship, personnel, there's others. And, and of course, when, when those time comes up, uh, there's, only, there's only two or three that roll off each year that, that need to be replaced there. So the bulk of the people that we need are in these areas, okay? Well, I made it. Did, who counted how many crashes? Did you, one of y'all count how many crashes it was? Five or six, I think is what? Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's have a prayer. Y'all come up and we'll have, a, uh, we'll have an invitation and then we will do the offering and we'll be done today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. And I thank you for a great staff here at Parkway Baptist that has labored intensively over the past couple of years to try to refine how we structure our volunteer ministry at our church. And I believe that we're at a very good place for this coming year. And Lord, I know that you'll change it again and refine it again. And I pray that you help us to be receptive, to listen to your voice and to do that if necessary. But Father, I pray these that have heard this today that, you would, that, your, that your words would, would stay in their heart and mind and that they would seriously consider where it is they would like to serve next year. And Lord, most importantly, if anyone is here today that, that does not know you, that has never made a profession of faith, that has never realized they were a sinner in need of your grace and mercy, I pray that they would come to know that today and receive you for forgiveness of their sins and to be born again into your kingdom. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand for a time of response?